What's up, buddy? Hello. How How's are you? Going. Doing well. Good, man. I see you got the uh, the background blurred a little bit there. Vince moving. He didn't. Yeah, listen. I'm in the middle of moving, so I don't want you guys seeing all these uh, empty boxes. <laughs> I, yeah. I hung a blank picture behind me. That's how fancy I am. Nice. I like <laughs> it. Empty. <laughs> hey Ben, this is my nephew Dakota. He's How's um, nice he's to meet you, buddy. Out of the 375 people I mentioned this app to, he was he was the one that actually started doing shit, and uh, and so I've hired him, and he's helping me out, and he's killing it. So he's good deal. Uh, yeah, he's the brains behind all this stuff, and really good at video editing and that sort of thing. You probably seen me like post a few of his uh, his YouTube videos and that sort of thing. So. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I have. He's a cool. talent. <laughs> Not always easy finding good people, you know. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Uh, trying my best. Trying my best here. Killing it, man. You yeah. And you're getting in on the ground floor. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Ground floor is something. We're not, sure <laughs> yeah. what, we're not sure what the ground floor is yet, but we're figuring it out. Yeah. Right. I've been telling people that I'm working for like a, a startup company now without the minor detail that it's my uncle's business <laughs> hey that's all right you know yeah they it's start up and they just think oh it's, it's the the uber of you know <laughs> yeah exactly yeah uh, i was at uh, i was at a birthday party for one of writers my little six-year-old's buddies and this dude asked me what I did and, and I was like, yeah, you know, I have this weird computer company that does deals with lawyers and I'm just, I'm kind of a computer nerd. I got this app thing. And he was like, man, you're an entrepreneur. And I was like, what? No, dude, I don't know. I'm just, a, I'm just a computer nerd. That's kind of trying to figure shit out. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. a weird, uh, weird situation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing software development here for about a year and I've, come to find out that certain times with companies doing some hiring, they'll call themselves a startup, but they've been publicly traded for the last 10 years, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, easy, it's easy to trick the, the youngsters to get good talent that way. If you throw a ping pong table in the lobby and call yourself a startup, then you get all <laughs> the applications. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, cool, man. I So, you know, we're, we're trying to do some layups here, right? We're talking to people that we know and like and that sort of thing. And, trying to figure out how what this is going to turn into but the goal is to like one learn a little bit more about like servers and bartenders and what they're going through and how the app can help right okay. um and things that it can we can you know we pretty much got the first version set i've got a bunch of things that i'm adding for the second version but uh we're always learning right there's always stuff that we hadn't thought of and then sure. part of it too is like um phase two is like getting some marketing stuff so here in like little quotes that somebody might say or things that um might make the app uh, relate more to a server that needs help driving business that sort of thing so we may pull little quotes here and there and turn it into like a 10 second post that we put on instagram when it comes time to do all that you know that sort of sure. thing um and then the like long term one of the long term goals is to have like a video chat kind of like this podcast situation where maybe um a server in Des Moines Iowa who's a single mom military type of woman that's just killing it doing all she can to support her three kids we want to like draw attention to somebody like that so that folks in that area can go and support and sit with her maybe tip her more or take care of her that sort of so just like 
you know, a little, uh, little giving back and helping people out that could use the help and that sort of thing. Cool. Uh, so yeah, that's I love kinda, that. Yeah, that's the goal of this whole thing. Whether you know, who knows how it's going to work out, but uh, but we're grinding along. So um, yeah, and if there's one thing I've noticed, you know, just watching all the different little clips about you know, like bartenders telling stories or servers telling stories is. It seems like the issues that a lot of us go through are pretty consistent across the country. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have people coming up and like, let me get a, a Tito's and vodka. You know, it's the same things like that. Like, you want a Tito's soda? No, no, Tito's vodka. <laughs> you mean Tito's cranberry? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. things like that. You know. That's why you're good at what you do, right? You got to be part of my <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Nice man. Well, uh, I'm gonna let I'm gonna try. I talk too damn much. I'm gonna try and let Dakota do more of the uh, talking. But why don't you start by giving us a little of your your background? How long have you been a server? What type of um, you know places have you worked and that sort of thing? Sure. So I've been in the service industry for about 11 years now. Uh, I started bartending down at Kilroy's in Bloomington, uh, Dunkirk in particular, because Kilroy's owned three different. Um, places down there back in 2011 oh, and nice. so I was with them for about seven years mostly bartending towards the end I did a little bit of management um like I said I was mostly at Dunkirk but I wore many hats where I bounced around I bartended at KOK which was their flagship location um served a little bit there occasionally would bartend up at sports uh the common thread between all these three places is they are mostly high volume, you know, KOK is a little bit more of a bar and grill to where they'll do a little bit more food, a little bit more daytime things, whereas Dunkirk and sports were more a pure night, not to say we didn't have day events at both, but it was more of, you know, a nighttime place where people go and it's high volume. So, you know, tons of people in there, balls to the wall, a lot, a lot of craziness, right? Controlled chaos, really. <laughs> um, so it's been a lot of fun. And then after that, moved up to Indianapolis. Uh, when was that? 2018, 2019, um, and started working at a nightclub down on South Meridian. Uh, it's called Rebel. It's there for a couple of years, and then now I'm at the, the these new guys took over. They've done a wonderful job renovating it. They rebranded it. It's named Envy uh, down there, and so I'm currently bartending and uh, bar the bar manager there as well. Right. So like with some of these interviews, we've talked to primarily servers and we've had some discussion as far as like, you know, basically your pay is coming primarily from tips from what we've gathered. And in the service industry, there is like a little bit of, it's a little bit of a sport um, where they're reading the people, they're having these conversations, they're building the rapport in that moment with that stranger. As far as the bar scene goes, how are you guys trying to analyze your customer, increase your chances of getting a better tip? Like, what does that look like as opposed to maybe what I'm more familiar with, with the service industry and how those interactions look? Uh, sure. Uh, really, I'd say a lot of it's similar. Uh, the big mm -hmm. difference would be we just simply don't have as much time <laughs> with each customer. You know, when you're serving somebody you, you, over the course of the meal, you're going to have a lot of different times where you can stop, have a couple minute chat, you know, build that rapport, build that connection. Right. Whereas with bartending in particular, 
Uh, of course, we have uh, bottle girls, which are servers, basically. You know, mm -hmm. they uh, all have more time out with them, being able to, you know, chat a little bit more, I guess. But with bartending, it's just quicker. Um, you know, if you, it's one of those deals where if you aren't able to make a connection right away, sometimes it's almost better to let you know the person next to you step in the next time that person comes up. Right. So a, little, a little bit game of numbers. Yeah. But of course, then also you're gonna see you know familiar faces um that uh come in you know not maybe not every weekend but twice a month or something like that and so you over time you start to you know recognize each other and then just act friendly and they act friendly i mean most of the time right. since they come in there you know they might not even be looking for a free drink or anything they're not trying to get hooked up they just want you know want friends mm -hmm. <laughs> they want someone to know them they want to act like they are welcomed there you know, and so doing the smallest thing, even just smiling at somebody sometimes can, you know, change their mood. For sure. Yeah. That, you know what that made me think of real quick? Like in the server world, sometimes you could bust your butt and, and like try and do a great job. And then they walk out, they pay, you know, they walk out and then you see that you got like a 5% tip or you see you got like a 30% tip, you know, and then you might be like, darn, I should have given them my schedule or tried to connect with them somehow because they were great with you being a bartender turning things over if they're coming up and getting you know bud light bud light you know vodka tonic whatever it is and they leave a five ten dollar tip on that one drink or they leave you nothing you're getting more instant feedback and like are you a little bit more apt like if i come in and i get my bud light and i don't leave you squat and then dakota walks up and he drops a that $15 tip on you on the Bud Light. Next time the two of us walk up, you're going to him first, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. That, you know, with things like getting stepped on a tip and things like that, I tell everybody that I train and everybody that comes in if they're not used to it, that those things are going to happen. And sometimes it's out of your control. And the worst thing you can do is just sit there and stew on it because the mm -hmm. next time someone comes in, the next person up if you go into that with a bad attitude it's just domino down the down the way you know right. um so yeah there is a little bit quicker uh, i guess uh feedback you know on how how things went and for sure I, i'm gonna do everything i can to take care of the person that takes care of me you mm -hmm. know what, I mean? what is the self-evaluation of that as tips come in like are you do you see it as this is someone's standard work as far as tipping goes, or do you really analyze the way that you interacted with them and try to redirect it or kind of just be like, you know, this one is going to be a loss no matter what I did, no matter who it was? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, really, it's hard to judge off just one or two, even like one night, even um, if you start to see trends with myself or certain individuals over the course of you know a couple of weeks or a month then you can kind of have a little bit better idea is it really something that you're doing or are you just you know sitting back there putting out the wrong energy or mm -hmm. you know like i said sometimes people are just having a bad day or sometimes you know might have jim come in there and just throw you 100 bucks for no reason you know and you didn't do <laughs> you didn't do anything for it you're like man i must be killing it but really you know you're just right place right time so mm -hmm. i mean there's a lot of nuances to it it's a lot of intangible things going on that you can't really put your finger on but the people that do shine and succeed in this industry are the ones that 
are a resilient to show up with a good attitude and then just you know no matter what happens just keep putting the work in right what do you think on the flip side of that what do you think people that you know aren't performing as well what are they missing on um well outside of the general just kind of no-brainer like having a bad attitude giving people the wrong drinks just doing the job poorly yeah Um, a lot of success can be derived from building those connections i mean i've known some people that you know from an outsider perspective you might think they're the slowest person behind the bar or you know they, they just look like they're just chilling back there but at the end of the night they might have one of the top or top ringing people in the building because they have all these people that know them and like them and come to them you know mm-hmm. and so your friends are a lot more willing to wait you know a couple minutes for a drink while you finish up with someone else than the stranger that thinks you're just you know, taking your sweet time for no reason. Right. As a bartender, how do you recognize people that are like that? And how do you kind of establish that bond between you and the customer? Uh, really? I mean, it's just trying to, as simple as it is, but just, you know, talking to somebody like they're your friend or being at least right. friendly, for at least being friendly to someone. You know, I'm sure you've all had the experience where you go in and someone's just like, what can I get you? Here you go, $5. Mm. All right. You know, and sometimes that's what the uh, situation calls for, really. But I mean, just putting yourself out there and trying, at the very least, being nice, asking a sim- simple question. Like, if you have the chance, just making conversation. I mm. mean, one of the advantages of this industry that I've had and I've recognized is, I mean, over the course of these past 10 years, I've had, you know, tens of thousands, if not 100,000, you know, just interactions with diff- people from all different types of. Um, uh, walks of life you know and so it, it's been very interesting I mean I've met some of my best friends through the industry my significant other I met working at a bar I mean the mechanic I take my car too I met at a bar you know it's, 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 you, can, you can meet a ton of different people and as long as you're you know making genuine connections and not just people can kind of tell when you're just trying to get money out of them uh, mm-hmm. And so that can kind of sour things really quickly. But if you're, you know, if you're just trying to build genuine connections, it can go a long way. Have you, have you had any like notable characters come in or notable tips that were just like, you know, you were super shocked once you actually looked at it and saw what you received? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, over, in a positive or a negative way. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I tend not to stew on the negative ones. I mean, honestly, that's one of the things that I could mentioned earlier like you kind of have to let negative stuff roll off your back mm. and you know as soon as it happens just you know forget about it whatever those things will happen and then of course you're going to deal with people that are a little uh too intoxicated or having a bad day their wife threw them out you know whatever's going on so you mm-hmm. like, <laughs> so you just kind of have to let that stuff go but i have met a lot of interesting characters over the time um I mean, one in particular down in Bloomington, this older gentleman is very friendly. Uh, back in the 70s, he worked for the, or he uh, did work for like the legalized marijuana movement. So he would always come in and like give you a little like head nod and like, what's going on? I don't want to say his name, but like, oh, what's going on, bud? And he would just like hand you a joint. Like, oh, well, thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he, he would dress up. I don't want to give too many identifying things, but he, every Halloween, he would dress up as a weed doctor. I mean, there's like another guy. I got to know a lot of interesting people, especially working happy hours down in Bloomington, whereas kind of, you know, you build your regular base. I had a guy making some coffee cups because he was in a pottery. 
Nice. Um, I mean, he was there, there for a while. I was like, I was talking to this older gentleman more than I was talking to my own dad. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, any, uh, any Mark Cuban stories? He's big down in Bloomington back in that day. I guess he I, was- I, I waved at him one time. He, he did because he, he owned, uh, he used to own, so the bar Dunkirk that I worked for a while, it used to be two separate bars. And so Mark, Mark Cuban back in his day owned the back half of it. So every once in a while, he'd be, he would come in, kind of stroll through. Um, and there was one happy hour where I was, there was nobody in there yet. I was, I don't know what I was doing, just goofing around doing something. And then I look over and there's a guy, you know, and then a wave, and then he turns around and I'm like, hey, and he's like, and it was Mark Cuban. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, hey, bud. And then he's kind of kept going on his way, but I, I was taken aback for a second. Like, oh, should I go up there and introduce myself? You know, should, should I try to pitch him some idea that I was half baked on at the time? You know, but <laughs> answer right. is always, the answer is always yes to that. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so saw Mark Cuban. Man, I, I've, I'm sure I've forgotten. So many, you know, just random funny situations. Some might not be appropriate for this, but <laughs> hey, we're here. It's all it's all good on this, man. We're we're good. we want all the raw good stuff, man. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See a, see a lot of things. That's cool. What about um, like talk a little bit about like you said, thousands of people that have come through, a bunch of really cool people. What about like the awkward moment of like you think somebody's cool how, outside of your stunning good looks? What do you use to like get to know them a little bit, get their, do you get their phone number? Do you try and connect with them on social media? Like what's that look like? If you want them to become a regular, you want them to learn your schedule, you want them to come back again because they've been cool. Maybe they left decent tip, you know, that sort of thing. Like how do you establish that relationship? Um, that, that's something I always feel out on a case by case situation. You know, I try not to like add, go out right away and ask for someone's phone number. Um, just because I personally feel like I, uh-oh, hold on, let me plug my computer or something, I'm sorry. Oh, let me plug my laptop, I thought I had plugged in. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as building those connections, a lot of it's, uh, just kind of happens naturally, whether sometimes we'll exchange phone numbers, sometimes we'll exchange Snapchat, which I'm not a big Snapchat user, I always think that's, that's kind of a little bit before my time, honestly. Mm. Um, and then through Instagram, um, and, you know, other social medias, maybe Facebook a little bit here and there, although connecting through those ways seems to be a little, you know, hit or miss. Um, I'm sure the ladies you interview will have a lot more people sliding into their DMs than I do. That doesn't really happen to me a whole lot. No, no, no. <laughs> You're selling yourself short, man. <laughs> but you know i mean as far as just building friendship it's kind of just like building a friendship anywhere i mean it can be a little more um i guess slow with, with my position in the nightclub and really i mean if you look at my facebook and instagram followers a it's a little bit hard to you're kind of up to the um, um up to the algorithm as far as if your posts are even being seen Right. And it's easy to get lost in the shuffle of everything going on. You know, I'll throw stuff on my Instagram story and, you know, get however, however many hundred views, but most of those people know I'm going to be there anyway. So really, I don't, I mean, honestly, as of now, outside of just telling people to come see me next weekend with newer, you know, say like not quite regulars yet, but I, you know, 
they know me and I know them. Right. We don't really have a great way to stay in touch with them or even the outside of the fact like, hey, I'll be here next weekend, you know. Right. Um, I, th I think a little bit goes a long way, you know, and I think that kind of what you're describing as far as the different channels of communication, whether it's Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, everyone has kind of like a, a grade at how intimate that really is for them. You know, like some people don't care about their Facebook. Some people are, are more private. Snapchat, people view it all sorts of different ways. But I think the the thing that's interesting in the short amount of time that you have to interact with these people, you are still noting that there is value for you and for the customer whenever you guys kind of have that established, like I see you, you recognize me and I recognize you and we had that like very minor interaction before and I'm, you know, there is still value for you in that. Is that correct in saying that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if it's someone say they're just, you know, down in their luck and they can't afford it, they like tip really well or something like that. You know, it's not always about the money. I mean, my, my night will go a lot more smoothly and I'll have a lot better time if it's more like just friendly people. And so, you know, building those connections and whether it's because they like when they have clients coming into town and they want to like, take them somewhere nice and, you know, mm -hmm. they, they know me. So they get like a cool point, you know, or, or they at least feel like more welcome, more comfortable something like that right um you know obviously great tips are welcome and those are awesome but that's not really the end game here it's re it's really just building those connections mm. um great point yeah it's sometimes it's just about having fun and having the right people sit with you that makes your you know you don't got people that are disrespectful or that treat you like a servant you know or whatever it is like just having cool people is half the battle sometimes to make your night go all right Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and the great thing is if you get to the point where you build up that clientele, you know, not saying that a certain customer would be ignored in, in the entire establishment, but there'll be times where like, if you, you won't get stuck with, <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're, if you're a section or, you know, whatever, if you're busy helping people you like, that just means that if there are those, you know, jerks out there that someone else is going to get stuck with them. <laughs> yeah. I like for me, I uh, I clean boats and then I also pump gas in a marina and, and the majority of my pay was tips, but because we're on a, a confined lake, the same people we would see every single time and, and we kind of did a, a rotation with that, but we knew miles out when we saw the boat, this boat <laughs> came in is like, all right, like, I, I gotta go, I gotta go to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just got to take the hit because it's my turn, you know, but, and even sometimes we would all talk about it and be like, okay, like you got stiff last time. We'll take this one. Just so that there was like some fairness to it because we didn't want that, the grenade to come in and just not fulfill the tip, you know, but I totally get that as far as um, giving more attention or maybe putting a little bit extra on the one that you know is worth your time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just like anything, you know, I've had people come in and it was just, just a bad interaction. Maybe they thought I looked at them funny or maybe they're just having, a, you know, just got an argument with somebody else or whatever. For whatever reason, you know, the interaction didn't go the way that I thought, I, like or how I'd want it to. And right. then later on that night, they come up and and it's and it goes great, you know, and we like have a great repertoire after that, you know. So it, there's a, something to be said as far as. Like, like I mentioned a couple of times, just letting things roll off your back, but then also just 
try to take advantage of every opportunity. You know, do if you, you, if you <laughs> shut yourself off to an opportunity, you're going to lose right there. Yeah, you know, totally. it, doesn't, it, doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt to try again. Yeah. Do you think there's any misconceptions um, about the industry or about what you do that customers typically don't know? Because I think it's hard for someone who is receiving the majority of their pay from people who may not know the full extent of your job, but you know, they're, they're in charge of what you take home in a sense. Is there something that you think people need to know a little bit more of or wish they knew going into that situation? Um, I mean, I'm sure there are many. The ones that jump out to me right away are when people get mad that they are cut off, you know? Mm -hmm. And we're not just doing it for the customer's safety and well-being and, and everyone else around, but it's also, it's against the law. <laughs> right. you know, so we're not doing it to be jerks. We're not doing it to try to ruin your time. Uh, you know, it's, it's for the betterment of everybody in those situations. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's also some things where, depending on your establishment, sometimes people can give out free drinks, sometimes they can't you know and so um if you're used to going to like a smaller college bar to where you get hooked up all the time or something like that maybe you go somewhere else and that you know you, the worker can't do that or that's mm -hmm. their job you know and saying silly things like well give me this for free and i'll give you 20 bucks like well like that 20 bucks isn't worth my job you know what i mean um and you and usually it's it, it's not like a big ordeal or anything like that it's just well, you're there a lot. You're there a lot of hours too. A lot of times, right? I mean, you're showing up early, getting things set up, and you're not getting tips. Then you know you're you're making less during that time, and then you got to clean up when you close down, and especially you know if you're doing managing that sort of thing. I mean, you're doing a lot of extra work outside of the time when you're when you're able to be tipped, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, so typically, again, based on the establishment, but usually people are showing up at least an hour before their shift. You know, that's just to cut fruit, set up, get everything in order. Um, and then, you know, like you said, after, obviously, there's cleaning up and things like that to do. And depending on where you're working, you know, like where, with, uh, where I'm at now, the majority of our business is done between, you know, 11 and 2 a.m. or 11, 3 a.m., 1030 or something like that. So there's a, there is a lot of downtime where you're getting paid two thirteen an hour. Um, mm hmm Basically, I'm, I'm the only one in the club just out there dancing by myself nobody <laughs> else there yeah, that's right Someone, someone's, someone's got to start the party you know that's right each one um but yeah so there there is that absolutely you know like i said most servers get paid 213 an hour which basically covers tax if that um so it really is the majority i mean pretty much all of the, the money you're taking home is coming from tips Mm -hmm. And servers and servers have it even a little bit more to where they may have to tip out the bar, um, you know, for the tip out a certain percentage to the bartenders for making the drinks, as well as um, if they have a walkout, they might have to take that money out of their tips to cover that bill. Um, so there's some situations to where like the liability of the place is shifted onto the worker, and there are certain situations where I don't agree with certain policies some restaurants or bars will have but that's just the nature of the beast 
you know what I mean? That's a good one. That's, you know, so, a lot of people probably don't realize that some locations, if there's walkouts or things like that, that uh, that falls back on the server, not, you know, the big wealthy owner or whoever, they don't really take the hit on that as much. It's again, it goes back to the server at times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I've been, I've been lucky enough to work with, you know, great owners throughout my, you know, career in the service industry. But I haven't had to deal with any, you know, too crappy situations. <laughs> but of mm -hmm. course, being in the industry, going around because it's almost like a big, you know, social group or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, you hear horror stories, you know, you, yeah. you, might, you might be bounced around Sundays and it's an ongoing joke where, you know, it's kind of what goes around comes around. Well, someone will come in to see me Friday night and tip me really well. Then I'll go see them Saturday the next day and then like give basically give the same money they gave me right back to them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, it goes around like that. Yep. That's cool. I got a, I got an off the beaten path one, if you want. It's kind of, I don't know how this answer will go, but I answer it honestly. So sure. throw your manager hat on for a minute right okay. and and whether it's a bar or restaurant or whatever and you've got three or four servers bartenders and everybody keeps coming in and wanting to sit with the same one everybody wants to sit with justin they all love justin they want of course who wouldn't love justin everybody sure. wants to sit with him right that's and not the man everybody that's right and everybody's getting pissed right like everybody's going and the other three you got to kind of deal with it does that look like a glaring problem to a manager does that look like an opportunity to a manager is it just a struggle to deal with um it's a mix because you know, a with justin you want to you, you want him to introduce his regulars to the other workers um a because you know, it, it just it just helps out everybody. Say Justin's not working one night and the guy comes in. It'll help that guy out if he knows somebody else. So he feels comfortable going to somebody else, you know, mm -hmm. feels welcome. Um, of course, the situation, if if that guy's just, Justin's just too busy, literally too busy to help anybody, he doesn't have room for him or whatever, you know, what do you do then? Um, it's a learning opportunity for the other employees to, you know, what what's he doing that you're not doing? Um, you know, to basically try to observe and you'd learn from him, you know, exactly. And then, of course, I mean, if it's a problem on the other employee side where they're not, you know, trying, maybe Justin's building these connections and shooting people texts before he goes in and saying, hey, you know, what are you doing tonight? I'm working. If you're out, stop by and say hi. You know, maybe he's reaching out and doing these small things that people might not even think of. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit off. It can be, you know, if the, if the, if the of course, with anything, there's, there can be greed uh, on the employee's side, and that can be like a little right. ongoing battle to where, you know, it's, we're all there to make money. You know, that, 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 that the end of the day, that's, you know, what we're there for. But, you know, teamwork is very important. And the um, operations that I've seen be successful over, you know, a long period of time of something sustainable is places that have a more team-oriented culture. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Versus, yeah, it's definitely a struggle, I imagine, at times. But if you handle it right, you know you're getting you're getting the rock star pointed out to you, and you can figure out 
all right, I need to get more folks learning from him. I need to put him on fish night when I'm trying to sell something special or give him a different, bigger section, get him some support, whatever. There's, there's opportunities or have him teach, you know, the rest of the staff, you know, that sort of thing. Um, there's definitely some drawbacks to it too. I think that's one area where I've seen some pushback or, you know, like managers that are thinking, all right, now I'm going to have, you know, a backup for one server, you know, if, if somebody's great. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I guess I could see that happening. Um, at the end of the day though, I don't think that's going to be like an overall negative, you know, mm -hmm. like there, there's, you, that's not a bad problem to have when you're, one of you guys is too busy, you know. <laughs> Would it like get to a point where you could like, if you sat down and you, you know, if you had all your servers doing, using whatever, using our app, doing whatever they're doing to get people coming in and your pre-shift meeting kind of thing, could you sit there and be like, all right, who's got who coming in right around what time, just so you can plan for the night. You can think about, you know, Mr. So-and-so likes to have this table and, you know, make sure that we got his wine ready and when Dakota comes in, you know, he comes with a big crowd every time and he's got all kinds of friends. So let's kind of make sure this section is somewhat ready. Like, would you be able to kind of think ahead like that if they were reliable? Obviously, you don't want to plan for it's not a reservation. Right. But sure. would you would you kind of plan for that type of thing? Yeah. Yeah. So that could be very helpful. Uh, I mean, we do that at the, the bar right now, you know, where people might not necessarily have a table reservation or anything but we know that they're going to be coming in so we can you know a just kind of prepare not just physically move stuff around but just like mentally be like hey if this happens you know everyone can be on the same page yeah and whether it be you know someone touches the table and helps them out but then has someone working support with them you know or however you want to do it um but having the slightest idea of that you know who has a better chance than not coming in and how to prepare for that can be very beneficial. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I, I like hearing that feedback. I was, it's something I've been a little nervous about quite honestly. Sure. That's helpful. Yeah. That's I didn't really think of that uh, aspect of, you know, how the app could go wrong. <laughs> Up at night. Right. Right. <laughs> but I mean, I, I do feel like at the end of the day, like it, having people lined up for one person and I think it would be a rare case to where the, the like it's an overall negative to the establishment you know mm -hmm. that, that means there's still people in there and more often than not you know they're still gonna <laughs> patron the yeah. place you know they're not gonna walk off just because Jill can't serve her you know you, you know Jill can still come by and say hello and you know have that little have moments with them right um, that's a good point yeah you know. How often is it a practice that people are doing their own like personal advertising? So like, you know, for me, I have a friend that is a bottle girl and it seems like she's always putting out some sort of ad every time that she works. Is that sometimes an expectation of people that are in this industry or is it a best practice that you say? Like, is it common for people to do those personal ads outside of whatever it is that the establishment is putting out? The, the smart ones do. Right. <laughs> the smart ones do. I mean, it seems like the easiest way to directly affect your money in a in a positive way. I mean, why not? What's it gonna hurt? Um, and I know it especially in nightlife, it's uh 
kind of expected, you know, I don't, I, it's not like you're going to get suspended if you don't make a post or anything like that, as far as I'm aware of, but, you know, you, you kind of expected to at, at very least throw out a little post. And like I said, I mean, there's, you'll look through and I don't, I don't think that's necessarily the most effective way to market yourself, but it's better than nothing as far, right. as, far as just putting something on your Instagram story or putting something on your Facebook. Cause, because like you said, you know, um, I, I prefer to keep my Facebook a little bit private, you know, I'll, once I develop a relationship with people, I them on, but I don't want to just go on there and just add a ton of tons of strangers just to yeah. you have it be like a billboard, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then with Instagram, a lot of people nowadays have thousands of Instagram followers or, you know, follow thousands of people. Um, so unless they're going through and clicking through a ton of stories, 5 a or 5 p.m. on a Friday, which they're probably not, you know, like your post just kind of gets lost. So it's yeah, something it's competitive now, right? So it, so it's something, but I don't think it's the most effective way. Mm-hmm.